I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. I'm Peter Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, how are we? Uh, I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, good. I've uh, uh, had a, a night of staying up late, so I'm slightly tired, but all is well, and I'm ready to. I've, I've basically just mentally engaged my mind about three minutes ago. So okay. Well, fortunately, you've got a great episode of Friends to reinvigorate you, so Absolutely. it's going to be okay. And I've been warming up, and now I'm fine. So yeah, ready to do my stretches. Ironically, for this episode, that'll all become clear in a minute. Uh, this is episode eight of Friends with Friends. But aren't we rattling through them, Peter? We are. I know. I'll be honest. You know, when you start a podcast and you expect to do up to two episodes before you lose track of it. That was <laughs> this has very... actually made it to the point of people listening to it. Yeah, I know. It's just, oh, well, we, can, we can only hope that there's still anyone out there. Uh, but the great crossed. thing about this format is that every time we do an episode, there's a new set of parents and potentially a partner to listen to that episode because we have a new yeah. guest every week. So basically, we are formatting geniuses. <laughs> we'll crank those audience numbers up by three every week until we hit a significant number. Shall we meet today's friend? Yes, I would like to do that. Great. So friends with friends, of course, we get a, a different friend of ours on every show to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. If you've this is the first episode you've listened to... Welcome, you are very welcome. Today's friend uh, is a man I went to school with, Pete. I've known him since I was nine years old. So many uh, years. And, but, you know, more personally for this podcast, uh, he is one of the UK's leading uh, medical-based events conference planners. Nish. <laughs> uh, please welcome friend of the podcast, Simon Morgan. Simon, hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> uh, hi, Dave. Hi, Pete. How are we? Hello. Hi. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I'm very well. Um, I only really know that you do medical-based conferences. I don't know if you are one of the UK's leading or not, but I thought it's good to grandiose you a bit. I mean, I think nobody is going to know the market that well, so I can claim the crown in that niche market. Yeah, but you've just got to worry that your boss isn't listening and goes, well, he's an arrogant prick. (laughs) Sack him. If I ask my boss to listen to this, I will prepare him in advance for my arrogance. Uh, but Simon and I have watched Friends together for many, many, many years. Roughly the same number of years, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, we've lived together, so we've, we've got a, quite a, a good shared memory of watching Friends. Uh, and I knew the episode Simon was going to choose before he told me, because it's the first one I think he owned on... Remember when he used to get those Friends videos and there were like four episodes on a video? Yeah. And that was the one we used to watch at his house when we were like 12. That is true. I used to own a DVD that had four episodes at the start of season seven on. And so I know those four episodes at the start of season seven so much better than any other Friends episodes. Mm. 
I wish that my video scenario was even that glamorous. The reason that I watched this episode so many times is it's because my mum taped it off the telly. Oh, was it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the only one we had for about a year. So I watched this episode daily for over a year. So, I mean, I should know it like the back of my hand. But this was a long time ago when taping off the telly was still a thing. I think you are the first person we've had on who has referenced watching Friends on VHS. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you so much. Always on trend. (laughs) (laughs) And it is entirely plausible that up to sort of 60 or 70% of our audience will have never taped anything off the telly. It's good. It gives you a bit of nostalgia, though. You know, the old, you know, continuity announcers and that from oh, when yeah. was it? Late 90s? Oh, man. Take me back. It was a simpler time. I take, uh, uh, riddle me this. Did you, was it a VHS that you'd taken the tab out of so it couldn't be recorded over? Did you evaluate that highly? No, I didn't actually know you could do that. That's, <laughs> that, is, that is brand new information. We are breaking new technological... Tra- do you not know that? No. Do you know that, Pete? Uh, I, I did. I can't say if I've ever done it, but I did know it, it, it happened. To be yeah. honest, Dave, it's not something I've thought about for it for, for a long time. I remember. That was a really important part of VHS sort of archiving. So you take a little tab out and it just meant you can't record over it. This would have saved so much drama when my sister recorded over the parents' wedding video. <laughs> did that actually happen? Oh, my God. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that that is not a lie. I don't think I'm making that up for comic effect. I'm pretty sure that at least part of the wedding video has something like a Christmas film recorded over oh, it. Oh, my day. Well, not, not anymore. It's obviously long gone. But at the time, it was pretty traumatic. Yeah, and that's everyone. probably the only copy of that video that existed, isn't it? The wedding video. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my days. Oh, great news. All right, well, let's crack on and uh, talk about your favourite episode our friends we've we've heard the history we've heard the context tell us simon which episode you have chosen please i have chosen season three i want to say episode nine or ten it is nine it is nine nine. okay season three episode nine the one with the football great one it's a really strong very good choice Uh, as always pete i will just give you the little um paragraph and and it's interesting actually because what i usually do if you haven't listened to this podcast is just read off like the plot summary from basically from wikipedia which is usually six or seven sentences because there's usually three or four different plot lines to go you know joey does this Chandler does that monica does that this one listen to the length of this summation and then we'll go into why. Emotions become the feast of the day when the gang plays a game of touch football on Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, Joey and Chandler argue over who gets to date a Dutch model that is watching the game. The end. The end. Is that it? End of episode. I guess it's because we've got all six characters involved in the same uh, like part of the story, right. aren't they? They're, they're all there. They're all there together. Yeah, this is one of those episodes like the one where no one's ready or a couple of other ones where they're basically all just in the same room for the whole episode. So there's none of this nipping off to different plot lines or everything intertwining and meeting up at the end it's just one straight thing with a couple of little side plots bundled in as we go so i guess the best way is just to work through this one chronologically because there's only really the football which is sort of ross and monica being super competitive and then the dutch girl which is joey and chandler being super competitive that's it and then so much associated silliness yeah and rachel gets a pretzel that's sort of her storyline that that is that is it (laughs) you can just really and you savor the well-crafted comedy for a solid 22 minutes. Yeah. So like we say, it's one of these ones, everyone's in the same situation, uh, and it starts when Ross and Monica, it sort of transpires that they're not allowed to play football uh, together anymore because of some deep, dark history they had in the past where they used to play every year, and Monica broke Ross's nose, is that right? That is correct. Yeah. 
Uh, and since then, basically, their mums banned them from playing football. And in lovely sitcom fashion, we cut to, what, 16 years later or whatever, and they're still not allowed to play. It's uh, 12 years later. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you do 12, know the chronology 12, Yeah, of this. 12 years later. Uh, yes, the nose-breaking was reportedly savage, but... <laughs> If it's for the winning touchdown, I think it's allowed, isn't it? Do you know what? Actually, when watching this episode, I wrote down the word savage with no other context. And I'm guessing that's where it's come from. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, but he had to, Ross had to go to hospital. Uh, they were banned from playing football. And this sets up basically the whole thing, which is Ross v. Monica in a sort of yeah. competitive sibling rivalry, which spills over as, as we tick along. So they're on the field. They split into two teams. Yes. Led by Ross and Monica. Rachel gets picked last. She's annoyed. This whole thread runs through where she's told to go long, which is that a thing that you do if you're not good at football? I think it's the equivalent of being like put in goal in, right. in, in English football. It's like the least damage yeah, you can do. The one exactly. that people don't want to do. Right. But having watched the Super Bowl, like them, the ones that go long, like score the touchdowns. They do all the catching right. stuff. Yeah, which is basically half the game. One person throws and one person catches. Yeah, if there's nobody catching, all those quarterbacks are just throwing balls aimlessly right. at a big hole in the pitch. So Rachel is the key player in this, which she does not realise. The football game kicks off and basically they start a timer, don't they, for what, 28 minutes? The turkey's yeah. going to be done. And then it's like, we're going to play a game of American football. Why do we like this game? Why do we like this episode so much? We don't know anything about American football. I think the one thing that stands out for me is you start to see the the dynamics of the group developing. So I think you see Joey's, Joey's always on that trajectory in this season where he's gone from being almost Lothario to just dim-witted. Mm. And this is yeah. the start of him showing how, how really dim-witted he is. Well, we've talked about this, haven't we, Pete, in the past, the trajectory of Joey from like in season one and a bit of season two, from what yeah. we've watched back so far. He's like making funny little comments. He's been quite clever. But this is the first one, isn't it? This, the, 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 there's the joke in this episode about the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he comes out and he's, oh, the Netherlands are a make-believe place where Peter Pan and Tinkerbell live. And that's like where we're like, oh, yeah. Okay. He started and to there sink. is the brilliant moment when uh, the, the, the Dutch woman introduces herself to Joey and he misunderstands what her name is. Oh, yeah. He thinks her name is Dutch. But, but can we actually decide upon what her real name is? Because oh. I still don't understand. And I've watched it's it It's just kind of a noise, times. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've spelt it M-A-R-H-A. Yeah, does that sound Marcha. Like Marcha. Marcha. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's sort of like Martha, but it's said in a Dutch accent. We're alienating a lot of cultures at the moment, guys. We've alienated the Americans already by saying we think their sport is daft and we don't really understand it. We're now alienating the Dutch. Mar- Let's call her Martha for the purposes of this. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Marha, and they and they do, they, they back and forth this all the time, don't they? And we never really know what her name is. But I'd like to talk about Marha, and I think this is where we should start properly, right? So... We see everything, as always, from the perspective of these six people, right? And from the perspective of these six people, they've spotted this hot Dutch girl. Two of the boys have tried to chat to her, and they both want to hit on her. Great. that kind of, We're happy with that. We've made our peace with that. What's Marha doing on Thanksgiving? <laughs> that is true. Just hanging around next to a park bench. Right. She has left her house, wandered to a park... I mean, maybe she's mistaken it for the big thing. Maybe someone said, hey, do you know what they do on Thanksgiving? Big game of football, NFL. And she's gone, all right, I'm going to go and find it. And she's literally wandered up to some strangers in the park and gone, can I watch you play football? Also, did you notice the dog? Well, the dog's an interesting point of contention because she doesn't have the dog at the start. 
Right, the she dog doesn't. just appears. The dog is briefly on the bench next to her, and then the dog's just gone. It's very irresponsible pet ownership. There's three stages of the dog, right? No dog when they first meet Joey. She first meets Joey and Chandler. No dog, because always you would reference a dog if you had a dog, you know? She's not holding yeah. a dog. Then, yeah, she's sat on a bench with a dog. Then later, they all go back up to the apartment. Why does Maha go? No one's sure. She's just a Dutch stranger sat on a bench. But when they go to find the Gela Cup, she's nipped up with them. Where's the bloody dog? That is a great point. And when they all stop playing at one moment, Maha has this wonderful moment when she goes over to them and says, game is over. We eat now. It's like, well, maybe they do, but you're not inviting me. You're not coming. <laughs> such a good point. <laughs> Do we eat now? Is, are you cooking? Have you cooked for me? Yeah, one second she's just sat on a park bench, the next she's expecting to be invited to Thanksgiving. You are not invited. <laughs> this oh. is all a ruse by Maha, isn't it? Like, she's she's on her own in a new country on Thanksgiving, so she thought, I'll head down the park, see if I can be taken under the wing of some friendly <laughs> Americans. <laughs> she's using her wiles to extort Thanksgiving dinner out of some unsuspecting American men. Fair play to her. She's nailed it. But yeah, Maha's, I'd love to see a spin-off of Maha's life up to that point. <laughs> she's one of a Friends' most enigmatic characters. Oh, she is. Hang on, let's do the thing that we always like to do. Uh, Simon, we like to do this on the podcast where we find out what the actors that played these small characters... Do you reckon she's actually Dutch? Uh, well, it's always fascinating. Do you want me to Google? I'm on it, mate. I'm on IMDb already. Don't you worry. Um, Suzanne Voltaire is her name. She's not Dutch. Also, have you also seen this spelling of Maha online? Oh, yeah. It's got a G in it. There's a rogue G. Maybe that's where the comes from. Marcha. 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 Susanna is from the United <laughs> States and does not have an accent. She added the accent while auditioning for the part of Marcha. Here's the here's a real kicker and one that I think is going to take the crew down in our estimation. When they found out she was American, the crew was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> no one was shocked that that woman isn't Dutch. Um, have you also seen that her last acting job was in 1999? Yeah, in the Wild Thornberries. Uh, oh no, hang on, a TV commercial in 2004. Yeah, she... I think even something as expansive as the internet has lost track of that woman. Oh, I found her on Facebook, guys. Susanna Voltaire. <laughs> have you actually found it? Because Twitter has no results for a Susanna Voltaire. Works as retired, lives in Doncaster. That's not her. <laughs> Well, wherever she is, I hope she's happy. Uh, the one I found lives in Doncaster, Pete. So unless she's taken a <laughs> real... Like Aaron. Yeah, I was going to say. Pete, uh, if you're not aware of this, if you've just joined us to listen to this podcast for the first time, Pete lives in Leeds and records the podcast from Leeds. I'd say it's unlikely that the woman that plays the Dutch character Marker in Friends Series 3, Episode 9, lives in Doncaster, Pete. But, oh boy, for this podcast, wouldn't that be a nice turn up for the books? Stranger things have happened. Live from Marcus House, the season finale of Friends with Friends. <laughs> so let's move on to Ross and Monica, shall we? So this episode is pivotal around the Geller Cup. This yeah. weird troll on a two by four that uh, they obviously made when they were kids. They used to play for it every year at Thanksgiving. Uh, Ross won it, I think, four times. Monica won it three times, something like that. Ross has won it one more time. I tell you that because whilst looking up questions for the quiz at the end of the show, I discounted that as it was too, I thought it was too hard because it's only on the screen for a, an eighth of a second. Can I come clean? What? 
I paused it exactly that section when I came <laughs> when I came back to the episode and lovingly rewatched it. I thought this is absolutely golden fodder for the lightning round. Yeah, so good I, research. So, so I thought let's pause it and through the miracle of modern day technology, there is no kind of wobbly line on the screen anymore <laughs> like there was when I first watched it. And so you can actually see how many times Ross has won it, how many times has Monica's won it, the years in which they've won it. And also pull out yet another plot hole, which is apparently it was all over by Galibol 6 because that's when the Savage nose-breaking took place. But they've already played 7 if you look at the Geller cut. Yes, that's oh right, my God. isn't it? Good spot. Thank you. That wow. is not at all sad, is it, that I did that? <laughs> that is a remarkable attention to detail, that is. But it's a really poor attention to detail from the people making the trophy. True, yeah, yeah. That's really strange, isn't it? They've obviously gone to loads of lengths to go, right, we need to make this look real. And you'd have thought someone at some point would have just gone, should we check with the script writing guys, like, what they've done? Or should we just guess? And they've probably thought, you know what, no one's going to see it anyway. It's only on screen for a split second. Yeah, and, you know, they'll just get those wobbly lines on the VHS. No one's thought about Netflix, have they, in 1996? <laughs> One of this episode's nicest moments as well is to do with this trophy. And it's uh, Ross and Monica's genuine heartache at the trophy ending up in the lake. Yes, yeah. yeah. They sort of have this moment of sad horror and recollection uh, as they remember Jack Geller. Is it is it their dad that throws in the lakes? It was. It, yeah, their dad threw it into the lake after the incident, right? That's right. Yeah, I love how genuinely sad they are at that moment. There's a moment a little bit later where Ross and Monica are right, winding each other up because Ross um, suggests that Monica's cheating and she gets very sort of incensed by the suggestion that she's cheating and he she thinks that he's just being a sore loser. And the way that they play that kind of Ross is really patronising Monica and it just winds her up. And it's such a good representation of what young siblings are like. And yet it's funny because they're grown adults and they're doing exactly the same thing. But in terms in terms of their, you know, kind of one-upsmanship of each other, they're constantly... That's one of the great things about this episode is they keep thinking they've got the upper hand and then it just keeps going horribly, horribly wrong for them. I've just written in my notes, this isn't a good look for Ross and Monica. Yeah. <laughs> As grown-ups. <laughs> like, he, well, he shouts, cheater, cheater, compulsive eater at her. Not she, a healthy relationship. She responds by giving him a dead leg. <laughs> it just feels like, oh, guys, let it go. <laughs> Things have changed. And if you were one of the other four friends, they all kind of just take it in their stride, don't they? They're like, this is normal. This is fine. Oh, these guys yeah. beating each other up at almost 30. Right. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, the episode where they wrestle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly normal activity. This seems yeah, like sure. a normal relationship for two 30-year-olds to have. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, but right, come on, let's move on to the elephant in the room. <laughs> this is right up there with one of the worst sort of examples of sexism in Friends, I think, for the whole thing. So we're in the football. We've met Martha, Marha, Marha, Marga. Yeah. She's inexplicably gone back to their apartment, which obviously just iron up the, <laughs> iron up the food, waiting for Thanksgiving dinner, going, oh yeah, it smells all right. Some turkey. I can pres- I can propose that I stay here for Thanksgiving dinner. Thrilled. They've gone back down. Now, at this stage, so they, they, they start with the teams of Ross, Chandler and Rachel, right? That's yes. right, yeah. And then Monica, Phoebe and Joey. Yeah. Monica's team's winning. Yeah. By how many points? 42 to 21. 42 to 21. <laughs> this quiz is going to be too easy for him, isn't it? <laughs> so easy. Ross makes, a, again, a little 
it's a really pathetic moment where he goes, well, of course you're winning. You got to pick first. <laughs> Implying that, I mean, they've, they've literally got a double score. They're literally beating them by 21 points. It's a significant gap. Yeah. For those that aren't familiar with American football, that is three touchdowns. <laughs> that is a very significant swing in momentum that is required. Isn't 42 also a huge score in American football? It's big enough considering it's not even two thirds of the way through the game, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. So it's then proposed they swap and they do boys versus girls. Monica's like, I can win. The girls can beat the boys. Right? At that point, I'm still with it. I'm still like, this is. Monica's really leading the charge in this episode, actually, as like a, a woman that treats herself as an equal to the men. Immediately, as they swap teams, Phoebe says the line, but they're boys. How are we going to beat three boys? And my heart sank because how do they beat three boys, Simon? They, well, how do you put this politically correctly? You can just, you can just say it. They use their wiles to put the boys off their game, they, which includes flashing their chests at them. They just get their tits out. Yeah. They literally just get yeah. their tits out. Phoebe sort of shepherds Chandler into a bush by um, flashing him, doesn't she? Right. Which, by the way, he definitely still scores a touchdown on. So this is an entirely <laughs> fruitless exercise. Oh, we, we can all have rules of American football, Simon. We can all understand the rules, mate. That's not what this episode's about. But that is like, for me, that was just one of those moments where I could immediately see into the friend's right, like male-dominated writing room and yeah. just them all going, we've absolutely got this. But how, I mean, boys are obviously going to win at sports because boys are better at sports. This is this is not me talking, by the way. This is me. It's really important that you can't see my gesturing. <laughs> do you do you, do your friend's writing room voice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the boys are obviously going to win a football because the boys are better at sports. I don't know what accent that is. Where but. are you from exactly? <laughs> uh, and then they've obviously just gone, but this is, guys, I've got this, I've got this, looks around, looks for high fives. What if they just get their tits out and then the girls will win the football? And it's really, really not good. But, but like... From, from, like I say, Monica is quite annoying in this episode at various points. Her competitiveness, her sort of immaturity, her like the sibling rivalry. But she's really like standing up in the feminism stakes here. She's being like, no, we're equal. We can beat you. We're good at this. Phoebe and Rachel are really dragging it down here. Rachel's just wandering off going, I'm useless and pathetic. Phoebe's going, let's get our boobs out. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Phoebe, to her credit, does clothesline Chandler as well. <laughs> so that, you know, that is impressive. You know, Monica's got some great tackling skills. I think it's Chandler who bears the brunt of that one. Again, the poor guy is getting lumps taken out of him. But Rachel is just completely just, she's just away with the fairies and just bemoaning her bad luck being told to go long over and over again. Come on, girl, take a grip of the situation and hey. get involved, which she does in the end. And then the thing is, as I was writing this, so I was writing these, scribbling these notes down and going, Monica's really smashing this. She's like, you know, she is presenting herself in as good a way as she possibly can. I'm going to be, I don't care. I'm an equal to my brother. I'm better than my brother. And then right as I was writing that down, I got to the end of the episode where they're tussling over the ball and she screams, let go. I'm a tiny little woman. And I was like, oh, Monica, so close. <laughs> you were doing so well. Yeah, so close. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So how does the game end? Remind us. It's a tie. How much detail do you want me to go into? I'm kind of fascinated here, Pete. Are you to see, based on Simon's knowledge so far, how much detail he could go into? Yeah, I want to know how realistic the outcome of this game actually is. Okay, go on, Simon. It depends how hungover I am, but it almost brings a tear to my eye if I'm particularly (laughs) broken. Uh, Rachel is tired of being told to go long, um, and she has asked for a go at throwing, which she then tries to have a go at, and it all goes horribly wrong. She throws the ball into Monica's eye. Yeah. Okay, so she's now told to go long again. Unfortunately, Phoebe is now being mobbed by the boys so that nobody can throw to her, and Rachel is standing there right next to the end zone waiting for the pass. The ball is thrown, yeah. and miraculously, in slow motion, with some very, very stirring music in the background, <laughs> Rachel manages to catch the ball and we believe she has won the game for her team, and it's all very exciting. Unfortunately, she is five feet short of the end zone, and so actually the boys have won the game, although actually nobody's tagged Rachel, and so the game is still going. Uh, and that is that is all good football? Is that all tie in with all, the that's rules all of football? correct footballing, yes. She catches it football. and chucks it away, right? <laughs> That she does. She throws it on the floor in excitement and the ball is still live on the ground, right. which leads to Ross and Monica throwing themselves on the ball. Whoever can claim that ball wins the game. And we never know, do we? Yeah, we don't see an outcome, do we? We don't know who out of Ross and Monica actually gives up and goes out. It's it's left with them still grappling over the ball as the, yeah. cred- as the credits come up. And does the Gala Cup ever come up again in Friends? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. It just feels like this is this one is, and only moment. This is season three. It just feels like that would just happen every Thanksgiving now. Maybe something really harrowing happened at the end of that episode and we'll, we'll never know what it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it's a really dark ending. Maybe Maha came back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Maha was the Gala Cup all along in human form. And she disappeared. <laughs> right, writing some pretty twisted fan theories here, aren't we? Maha came to life, the Gala Cup. Oh no, because she's in the same room, is it? No, doesn't, doesn't tie in, guys. Don't worry. Back to the original plot. Maha's just a Dutch girl that wants some food. There is a very strange thing in this episode as well, where the uh, studio audience gets slightly more involved in that when the first touchdown is scored, they applaud as if like Joey's actually accomplished something, which is... An unusual friends move. Oh yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? As if to replicate the audience of, of a football match rather than a sitcom. Yeah, the audience. audience are well involved in that game because they applaud with every touchdown. That's so strange. Especially isn't when it? Rachel seemingly wins it at the end. Also, it might, this is one of those episodes where you um, think if you were in the studio audience, you've got to see nothing because they've filmed all of that stuff elsewhere. I guess. And there's nothing in the apartment, really, is there, apart from... It's very true, yeah, apart from so you're just watching, a couple of minutes. They're all just watching it on screens, the poor buggers. Um, can we talk about the extra in the window? 
I just uh, who is she there at the end? She is there for the whole episode. There's just a woman in a window, and if we thought Martha was a slightly strange character in this for wanting to watch the game at least she's gone outside and had a chat and watched from the bench it's just unbelievable this woman's commitment to being a part of the show is absolutely just unparalleled so she is standing at her open window which i believe is the only window in the entire building so the, <laughs> the rest of her flat is a complete darkness and she's decided that on her lonely thanksgiving she's just going to stare out the window and hope something happens in the park outside so when the gang arrive it's absolutely made her day nay her entire year and she watches the entire game and then towards the end decides to call somebody to tell everybody how great a time she's having watching this game what is she on the phone at the end she's on the phone just having a chat saying yeah i'm just watching these guys play a football game i think they might be you know just local friends the fact that they are the extent of her thanksgiving plans is quite tragic actually isn't it well this i mean that is the spin-off that you want to see isn't it what has led to this woman spending her entire thanksgiving afternoon at the kitchen window, just watching some people play football that she doesn't know. Like I, what I, I want to see that. It's heartbreaking, it's isn't it? That really, backstory. It's really sad. The character's really sad, but also that poor extra guys. I was in Friends. I'm going to be in. I'm in a whole episode of Friends. That's amazing. Let's all get the popcorn. Watch it. There I am. There I am. We don't even get her name to Google her and see what she's up to these days either. I think she's just barely even referenced. She's not credited, mate. She is not credited anywhere. There's so many people credited on this flipping episode. I'll tell you what, this is. she'll be looking at this really sad. Even Ran Barker is an uncredited administrator, has made it to the IMDB page for this show. So let's spare a thought for woman in window. Woman in window. A moment's silence, please, for the woman in the window. Time for the quiz? (laughs) (laughs) Time for the lightning round. Uh, Okay, right. So, Simon, you'll be familiar with this now from having listened to the podcast. Oh, yes. Five questions in our handily titled Attention to Detail quiz. And usually, like an average score has been what, Pete, so far? Three is a good score? Yeah, I think some of them just go over uh, people's heads, don't they? Because they are, well, we've tried to make them quite difficult because it is all about attention to detail so we'll start easy and we've mentioned this one already so question one during which gala bowl did monica break ross's nose it was indeed gala bowl six dave that is correct one out of one good start but that's quite easy based on what we've talked about so far and simon's level of research can i just say i am so nervous right now i feel like i'm doing an (laughs) exam i went off and i made my notes on my episode a few days ago and now they've all just fallen out of my head honestly i feel like you've done your revision and now look Yeah, it's just I'm just going to be spouting nonsense for the next three minutes. Question two. What number is on Joey's favourite jersey? I think it's 22. Is correct. It is 22. Well done. Was that one that you were genuinely unsure about? I was, I was, uh, you know, it's one of those when you lose confidence right right at the last second. You're like, I've got this. Don't worry. And then you're like, is it 22 or 23? 22. Uh, More jersey related chat. What? does it say on phoebe's shirt while she's playing football i think it says that girl i mean yeah that's did correct. i get it oh yes that is correct and it's got a little i do actually really like that t-shirt and while watching the episode i doodled it and sent it to dave <laughs> <laughs> that's three out of three pete question Next. four what is joey eating for thanksgiving 
What is Joey eating? What is Joey eating for Thanksgiving? We see a shot of them all eating their Thanksgiving dinner. Joey, oh and this God. is he's, one of my favourite things, he's Joey got a, he's got a confidence in this. is chowing down on a giant turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> he is. The likes of which I have only ever seen in Jurassic Park right. in Orlando Universal Studios because it's just a classic example of Americans doing things on an unnecessarily large scale. I was just about to say, the only time I've ever seen anyone eat a turkey leg is at Disney World where they just sell them. You can just buy them. It's boiling hot in the middle of a Florida summer and you can just buy an absolutely <laughs> huge turkey leg. Just have a nibble on a giant piece of animal for the afternoon. Yeah. Why not? It is the biggest thing I've ever seen. Like, I'm, it's astonishingly big. So the rest of them are all just sitting around eating off plates like a normal Thanksgiving dinner. Stuffing, turkey, bits and bobs, yams probably. And Joey's gone full caveman. Just with his hands. Yeah. He's not eating with a knife and fork. He's just got a turkey leg in his hands and he's just chomping away. No one's even bothered. No one's even bothered about that. Fair play to him. <laughs> That's four out of four, guys. Question five. No pressure, but if you get full marks, I don't think anyone has got full marks yet, have they? No, I don't think they have. I think, yeah, the pressure is too much. You could be top of the leaderboard. They mark out a football pitch. Where does the pitch stretch from and to? It stretches from the trash can. Oh, my days. To the lamppost. He's got it. He's got it. Wow. Wow. If I was being very finicky. Hugely impressive attention to detail with the one with the football. You can be very proud. Thank you so much, Pete. My my one, I think Dave's going to pick me up on something here. No, no. I was saying if I was being very finicky, if I was marking this to words, the actual answer is trash can to the light post. And that's why I hesitated. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> but I've never heard anyone call it a light post. So I'm going to discount that as an Americanism that we don't care about. Thank you so much for giving me that touchdown. That's five out of five. Um, I just feel like we, we, we in the first ever episode of this podcast, we did bonus questions because I hadn't quite worked out the format of the quiz yeah, yet. Yeah, the, the format was very loose. <laughs> it was then. very loose. I just feel like we need to see what the limits of the knowledge are here. But I've, I've got very... Can you tell me what else everybody's wearing in the football game? <laughs> I think this is like a super fun bonus question yeah. for me. But is, for is this going to be fun for anybody else <laughs> to listen to me real off? Rachel is wearing green t-shirt. That's all I can give you with that. What does the green t-shirt say on I th- it? I think uh, what we should all remember here is that no matter how much detail I have retained from doing my in-depth study, picture the scene of me sitting on my sofa taking copious notes whilst watching this episode and stopping it every 30 seconds to take more. <laughs> I think we all know who the loser is here. <laughs> Uh, so I do take notes, but I do them as I go along. I, I'm not committed enough to pause. I can give you hats and jerseys for the entire gang, I reckon. Oh, my goodness. This, is, this is proper geeking out now. Okay, I'm going to put some music under this while okay, you uh, recite so the entire thing. Enjoy, just, uh, everybody. Inspiring Simon's level of research on the one with the football. Starting with Ross. Ross is wearing a navy blue Nike jersey. Chandler is wearing, I believe, a grey jersey and a backwards blue Giants cap. Rachel (laughs) is wearing a green top and a backwards black cap. Her green top has something like boxing Bronx gym on the front. Uh, Monica's wearing an oversized Giants jersey. Phoebe's wearing her That Girl jersey. Joey's wearing his favourite maroon number 22 jersey over his white jumper. I think, uh, is that it? Is that everyone? 
That's it. He's got it covered. That was beautiful. I hope everyone's enjoyed that. Wow, that is quite something, isn't it? Well, there you go. If you're coming on the podcast anytime soon and you want to know what level you have to hit... Yeah, there's the bar. ...that the bar has been set. Mini wave and celebration to me. (laughs) A (laughs) woo-hoo. Holland loves Simon. Thank you, Amsterdam. Good night. Hello, still here, aren't we? Just to tell you about what's yeah. happening next week, so you can go away, get your Netflix fired up, and watch the episode in preparation. Next week's guest is the model and actress Lucy Pinder. Hello, Lucy Pinder. Hello. Uh, would you like to tell us, please, which episode you will be talking about next week? The episode I'll be talking about is, I think it's Series 5, Episode 14, and it is the one where everybody finds out about Monica and Chandler. The one where everybody finds out? Pause, because that's okay. the official title. Oh, uh, what's the official title? No, you got okay. it right. You just, carry, oh, you just, sort of like, you just carried on. Okay, sorry. Just, <laughs> fucked it up. Start <laughs> no, again. You just went, the one where everybody, everybody finds, finds out, out about Monica and Chandler <laughs> in the apartment where they live in New York City. <laughs> In but about 1999. Know, <laughs> and they basically... Right, sorry. That's right. No, it's fine. Season 5, episode so 14. Away. The one where everybody finds out. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. All the best. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.